load the plates and lift the weights And we are mates and weights are great And as of late we pontificate about the weights And make a podcast! Sumo is cheating! This is Weekly Weights with Alex and Will Welcome to episode 30 of Weekly Weights Episode 30, Will Episode 30, woo! It's like happy it's been birthday a, to us. It's been a good run. Except 52 will actually be happy birthday to us, won't it? Well, we did like two a week for the first six weeks or so, so not really. 57, but no one's counting. <laughs> it's okay, so today we have... 57 bed. doesn't make any sense. Yeah, because we were doing multiple a week. 52 plus 6 is 58. It'll be yeah. 58. Like so we've got a fact-checking team now on our podcast. <laughs> fact-checking number one being Beck Chambers, who's coincidentally also a guest this week. Um, and guest number two is Chrissy Dask. So do you two want to just quickly introduce yourselves and yeah, tell us who you are, what you do. Beck first. Um, my name is Beck. My surname is Chambers. And um, I'm a coach and I actually own a gym now, which is pretty cool. Um, what's, the, what's the gym called? It's called Paragon Strength and Performance. It's in Artarman in Sydney. And it's been open for seven weeks now, eight weeks. And you've had machines for four days. We've had machines for approximately five hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Alrighty, and you? I am Chrissy Dask. I'm also a coach. I work at Paragon with Beck and Nick and Matt. And I have been running my business for about almost four years now, will be. So I've been a coach for that long. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So both of you guys had a background in like physique, bodybuilding, and flexible dieting stuff. Yeah. What drew you to powerlifting from from that? Start with Beck. Uh, so I started following this girl. Her name was Lyndall Vile when I was twenty three or something like that, maybe four years ago. And I watched her deadlift two hundred, and I honestly like didn't believe that was even possible for a female <laughs> before I saw her do it. Um, mostly because I was like very weak and skinny fat. Um, (laughs) 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 that's an exaggeration. Four years ago. Four years ago. Um, yeah, so, and I was deadlifting like 115 and thought I was the man at the time. Um, and then I looked into who was coaching her and I basically just like tried to be her. So I got her coach to coach me. Um, at the time, I didn't really think I would ever compete, though. I just thought I'd get strong. And I got okay strong. Um, and then I took a really long time off because I was super injured. Like, I had pretty much every injury. Like, name an injury and I had it. How'd you get um, injured? Just, like, pretty terrible programming, if I'm honest. Like, when I look back on it, the linear well, progression... I'm about to ask you who the coach was. No, yeah. we'll, uh, won't go there. we'll keep that under wraps. Yeah, the linear progression was, like, extremely aggressive. Yeah. And I suppose, in hindsight, the clientele of this particular coach um, was different to me. Um, that's all I'll say. So, using some super supplements. Yeah, yeah they were <laughs> taking a lot of creatine. <laughs> <laughs> Just loading creatine all year round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just couldn't recover. Like, I would fail a triple one week and the weights would go up and I would just, like, keep failing for, like, the next six weeks. It was really bad. But it built resilience, so that's good. Um, and then, yeah, I took a long time off because, like, I was looking at girls my in my weight class and they were just smashing me. Um, and I guess nothing's changed. 
because they're still smashing me. But I realized that I, if I wanted to do it, that I needed to like actually do some good programming for a long time. Um, and then I did my first PA meet last April at JPS and did okay. And then got injured again and then did another one at the end of the year. And now I'm kind of back. But what was it particularly that, that was about, it was Linda Vile, right? Yeah. It was what just, was it about her that just flicked the switch in? I don't know. She was just such a fucking badass. Like she looked like if she was in a dark alleyway, she would win. Like, <laughs> against whoever attacked her. Just regardless of who it was. Yeah, and I suppose, like, when I was doing the physique stuff, like, I never thought I would ever get on the stage. And, like, I definitely was never going to. It was not like one day I was going to change my mind and, like, whack on a bikini and start strutting my stuff. So, and I also felt like it just never really fit who I think I am. Like, I don't... I just it just didn't fit my personality and it made me feel like a bit uncomfortable whereas feeling really strong and athletic and like I could kill a guy that really resonated with me um, speaking of <laughs> <laughs> a guy um, so your boyfriend is Nick Cheadle oh, yeah. shout out Nick I hope he listens um, <laughs> if he doesn't he's in the shit no, he's, listen, um, he's definitely listened to a few Nick you've got until about midday on Friday to say how much you love Beck's appearance on the podcast so you'll cook he'll definitely, um, he'll definitely listen to this one yeah good you'd hope so anyway um, how much did it impact your choices in like how you went about training and dieting and stuff to be dating somebody who you know who is a I guess a bodybuilder and who does like promote flexible dieting and think about body composition oh yeah almost entirely like I was basically just like mini Nick <laughs> like in every way I like had no idea what I was doing when I met him I remember being like the first like few weeks we were together he was like oh do you want to go have grilled and then I had a salad and he was like, oh, why? And I was like, oh, carbs just don't agree with me. And then like that night I would have like a three kilos of fruit salad. <laughs> he was like, but he was so polite. He just never pointed it out. He was like, I think that's carb. <laughs> yeah. So he like pretty much completely influenced me. Um, and that's the only reason I really trained that way, to be honest, because he did and I wanted to fit in. Yeah, sure. And what about you, Chrissy? What, what drew you to powerlifting? Well, just to go off that, I actually worked with Nick, so I would say that our training, mine and Beck's training, was probably pretty similar. Mm. Um, I just got really bored. I got really, really bored of just doing bodybuilding stuff and focusing on my appearance all the time. It's yeah. boring. And circuits. And yeah, it's just not <laughs> that fun after a while. Like, yeah. I guess for some people it is, and that's why they do it for a really long time. Maybe for me it just isn't. Uh, so well, my plan was to start doing lots of different things mm. and powerlifting was going to be my first thing that I did and then after that I was a gymnast as a child so I was going to get back into gymnastics and then I was going to go and play a sport and I was going to do all this different stuff <laughs> and then what drew me to powerlifting first was that Beck had done a novice comp and I had seen her compete and I thought that was pretty cool and pretty much aside from Nick and I suppose an extension of him lots of other bodybuilding people the only other person I really knew in the fitness industry was Alex, and he did powerlifting. So I decided to do that because I was like, I know this person, I know they're good. And so I went to him and he started prepping me for a comp. And um, did you, when you started powerlifting, did you mm -hmm. think you were going to be good at it? Because I have distinct memories of when you started training for powerlifting with Alex and him saying like, you yeah, know, I think this Chrissy chick's going to be good at it. Um, Ooh, do you I think you know. 
I think before I started training with Alex, definitely no. Because like you look at what weights you're doing and you're like, oh, this is only okay. But you mm. haven't actually trained for strength. You've just done like, you've squatted and you've benched and you've deadlifted, but you haven't done it so specifically to try and achieve a better 1RM. Mm. So I was like, there was one day in the gym where Alex was trying to convince me to do a meet. This is before we had started training together. And I was deadlifting like 97 for fours or fives or something and Alex was like you should come and do a meet and I was like oh no 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 I wouldn't be good type thing so before definitely no as I started I was like I thought oh I'm all right I'm okay and then I won best lifter at my first comp so that was probably a good indication that I was all right yeah. I mean of course it depends on who shows up on the day <laughs> everyone else could have just been real shit no, no but yeah I thought I was okay then mm. yeah I'm, I, we actually spoke about this last week but I remember before you did your first comp, you were kind of saying this would be my only comp. Mm-hmm. And, you know, fast forward 18 months and now, like, you coach 20 powerlifters. And, yeah. like, how did, how did that change? Like, what shifted from the first one to now? I think, like, in, in terms of coaching or... Just, every, just everything. Like, now mm-hmm. you went from you wanted to do one powerlifting meet to now you're completely immersed in the sport. You volunteer, mm-hmm. you coach, you compete yourself, you've done nationals, etc. I think I just really enjoyed it. And when my clients saw me doing it, they were like, this is actually pretty cool. This is something that's different. It's going to challenge me. And I think that's the most important thing is that training gets really boring if you're not challenged, I think, mm-hmm. anyway. And mm-hmm. I think my clients agree a lot. And... And they're the type of people who want to be consistently challenged. And this is a really good way to do it. It's a fun way to do it. Yeah, you get to get out there and put yourself out there and, I guess, achieve things that you didn't think that you could do. Yeah, and it gives every training session a purpose. Yeah, definitely. Mm. I feel like people thrive on the structure and the fact that they're definitely working towards something specific. Mm -hmm. Was it the same for you, Beth? Yeah, it was. I think that, like over time like my after my first meet I remember really distinctly um feeling like I wasn't like if I was going to powerlift that I had to be the best and I think that was quite like a shit mindset and it was probably good that I got injured so early because I got like eight months off thinking about that um but yeah the progression I guess was challenging um yeah, I suppose it just, like, it, it was something that I couldn't, like, achieve overnight. And I'd never done something where I felt like I wasn't going to achieve, like, every single day. Sure. So something I'd love to put to both you and Chrissy is, like, something I noticed prior to when I started powerlifting. Because I started lifting weights um, for playing rugby. Mm. And then I had, and then I did weightlifting very briefly and played footy. And then I had about a year and a half where I wasn't playing rugby anymore. And I wasn't doing weightlifting and I was just going to the gym just because. Mm. And, you know, I cared about how I looked and stuff. But I found it very unfulfilling um, to just be training and, like, training hard. Mm. But not seeing some type of progress towards, like, an ideal that was important to me. Because past a point, I didn't really care about, you know, the relationship between, like, my shoulders and my waist or anything like that. Like, any of those aesthetic ideals didn't matter to me. Yeah. Never Um, mattered to you. No, not really. I mean, like, it mattered to me in as far as I wanted to look good. Um, but, like, past a point, it's not particularly measurable on a day-by-day basis. And you just, like, it just felt shit to be chasing something that didn't matter. Yeah. And when I started powerlifting, having that very definite 
definite sort of like day by day, week by week and competition by competition goal mm. made training suddenly so much more fun and meaningful mm. to me. And it took the focus away from things that like move immeasurably slowly, like, you know, the way in which you look sometimes mm. um, and put the focus back on what I could do myself and like how I could be proud of, I guess, the way I moved and the way I was as an athlete. Mm. Did you have that same experience? Yeah, I did. But... I think only this year, to be honest, yeah. like, I think at the start of the year, like, um, because, you know, like in July last year, I like couldn't literally pick like a five kilo weight off the floor without pain. Um, that, that experience humbled me. Um, because prior to that, I was just like, well, I don't know. It was like, I was just a massive ego lifter. Mm. Um, so I would kind of say like I had the, a very different experience because initially, like to be completely honest, the only reason I was powerlifting was so that people thought that I was really good and strong. Um, and then this year I actually realized that nobody really, nobody really gives a fuck. Well, some people do, but they're a minority and they only give a fuck because they're probably caught in that same headspace. Um, yeah. So I, I think that powerlifting actually really feeds it into something that wasn't that good to begin with and I've only just realized that that's not probably going to serve me long term sure what about you Chrissy how did it feel to change change your sort of mindset from just focusing on like how you looked um, and progression in that towards something about you know your performance and actually treating lifting as a skill mm. Mm. I think and this isn't the way that it would go for everyone but like I think as a female, you might always have hang-ups about the way you look. Maybe that's uh, maybe that's for males as well. Um, but I was already pretty comfortable with the way that I looked when I started powerlifting. Mm. And I think that if you are careful with what you do with your nutrition as well, um, you can have both mm. um, to an extent. Yeah. <laughs> Most of us don't want both because we'd rather eat meats. And obviously, when you eat a lot, your training gets better. What was the question again? Oh, actually, well, <laughs> Food! I, re- I remember the question. You've actually brought us onto a really good tangent, which is, um, did, did in your mind, did your sort of preference change when you actually went into powerlifting? Did you start thinking, actually, fuck, I enjoy life more when I eat and just train really hard yes. to exercise instead of being like, I'm going to eat to make sure I look good, you know what I mean? Definitely, um, definitely. It's like you get a little bit more leeway with all of your eating, mm. like just a little bit. Yeah. But like you have to think of it as this is fuel, not not I'm restricting myself to yeah. look a, a certain way. Yeah. You have yeah. to think of it like, hey, this donut's going to give me magical say, energy. <laughs> yeah, you're mowing down a donut saying yeah. I'm an athlete. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, why can't you do that? <laughs> no idea. Um, well, let's... Okay, so this sort of brings us to... Well, it doesn't really bring us to body image, but it's it's close enough to body image. What do you guys... Both of you kind of like market yourselves a little bit around discussing and fostering a healthy self-image with mm. your clients. So what do you think that actually entails? Um, and what what attitudes do you think are sort of most important to that? Chrissy's put her hand up. This is like school. I feel good. <laughs> Me? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think the most important thing when it comes to body image, regardless of the type of training you're doing, is... Learning to become okay with the body, with your body the way it looks as it is right now, and not thinking I'll be happy when I'm X, or you know, being treated is going to make me happier, or losing two kilos is what I need to do to be happier, or whatever it is. It's like you will, you might achieve those things, but you're better off 
being comfortable with the way that you are right now and you're actually more likely to be successful if you do that because you're placing less pressure on yourself to achieve those goals and therefore you're more likely to achieve them because you look at them in a more logical and practical way as opposed to this is what I have to do mm. and then you self-sabotage. Yeah, sure. What do you think, though? Uh, what do I think good, healthy body image is? Yeah. I think that it is a focus on who you are rather than the entity or the like like the what you are kind of the physical body that you inhabit on earth like because obviously we all have eyes and we have we are critical as human beings and we observe objects like it's only natural to look at an object which is your body like your body's an object and critique it that's what you're meant to do if you didn't do that you'd be like a really passive like fuckhead of a person that does nothing in life yeah. So <laughs> you would like yeah. if you can just look at anybody and be like, oh well, body like, and not have any opinion, opinion about that. Yeah. I just don't think that's realistic. Nobody's no. like that. I love but, how you went from like mind body dualism, like very philosophical, to being like you're such a fuckhead <laughs> <laughs> in the space of five seconds. But yeah, go um, on. Yeah, I think it's just like being more focused on the human that you are inside the body rather than the body, because like. I don't know about you, but I think about a lot of people that I used to think were awesome on Instagram because they looked great. And then you, you see, <laughs> can't say that, don't say that, but, um, you know, then they may not be the best people. Um, yeah. and, it, and they've obviously focused on one other than the other. And I think that's would, bad. Would you say it's a shift from what the body looks like versus what the body can do? Mm. Yeah, like definitely. in the past, like I've seen some of your Instagram posts, for instance, where you're like, uh, when I was younger, I used to think my legs were too big. Yeah. And now I look at my legs and I think, you they know, can they stuff. can squat 145 kilos. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But when, I think, yeah. when did that change? When did that shift happen? And how did that happen? It happened over a long period of time. Uh, like I've always been interested in what I could do rather than what I look like. But I suppose... There was, a, there was a stretch of time where I realised that other people give a shit about what you look like and then I got worried by that. Like, I, I find it hard not to care what other people think about and, and think about me, even now. And I think that a lot of, like, hate or love it, people make snap decisions based off the way you look. And I used to think that if I could um, achieve a certain look that then I would make more people happy. And by virtue, make yourself happy? Mm, yeah, I guess. Kind of? Yeah. yeah. That wasn't as important. No, it was more yeah. important about what other people thought. Right. Yeah. I think when it comes to powerlifting, for me, it hasn't been, oh, you know, my legs are big, and but they can squat this much. Mm. Like, for me, it's more like, this makes me really happy. My legs being big as an outcome of it is mm. something I'm willing to manage because this makes me so happy. Yeah. And then the happiness that the training and the structure and the people in the sport give me makes me a better person. Yeah. Just in general. Yeah. yeah it's I not agree. necessarily the training or the sport or competing. It's like, it's the entire thing. Yeah. I think this is. I'm gonna find it hard to express this. So, Alex, maybe cover your eyes and <laughs> hold your breath. Um, on the one hand, I think one of the big benefits of of training that we spoke, we've spoken about, like we spoke about this with Amir on episode episode two, is that you get you develop this real sense of like pride in your ability to 
work hard at something and see a result and you can look at your body as something that is capable and that fosters sort of like self-belief and confidence that carries over into other things that you do mm. and I think people really respond to that when they see trainers who like yeah develop some self-esteem on the basis of achievement but on the other hand I think it's really hard to separate separate sort of some of that um, some of that self-esteem and some of that sort of positive self-worth from the reactions that you get from other people mm. as well yeah. and like I have you know when I was a teenager um, playing front row footy I was like 115, 118 kilos and so the change in the way people appraised me and the way in which people spoke to me um, when I lost weight from you know, 100 and that much, 118 to like 90-ish kilos mm. over a relatively short period of time mm. was so abrupt yeah. that for a while it was very hard for me to separate, separate the reactions that I was getting from people for how I looked yeah. from the reactions I was getting from people for just being like a capable, confident person who's good at sort of you know walking in appraising situations and doing as I feel I need to do yeah and I think I think it does take a while to sort of be able to treat those two things as separate and have pride in both yeah. without being too hung up on either yeah that I agree. makes sense yeah I agree completely yeah. um Alex do you have a question no I was just gonna say bring back fat will <laughs> and it do wonders to my total he jokes about it too so it's fine <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you might finally bench 140 <laughs> yeah Aww. if I get big enough I don't have to bend my elbows <laughs> so, <laughs> so I remember hearing um, ages ago I can't remember who told me this that there was some dude who was like he was like 500 pounds like a real big boy mm-hmm. from the states and he had like a pretty decent arch and a bench belly and he actually wasn't bending his elbows to do bench presses at one stage. You get a staff command and sort of just... It's a rule, though. Yeah, they, that's the thing. Apparently, they had to change the yeah, rule they, on the they had, <laughs> Yeah, there was, a few, there was a few guys with big bellies and who used to bring the bar, like, almost, like, reverse front raise to their belly. Imagine yeah. being the person that changed the rules of powerlifting. Yeah, that's probably a bigger impact than Alex or I will ever have on this sport. And all we have to do is be fat. <laughs> Load up the donut pappy. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, okay. So again, related to that, then mm. is um, is this idea? There's a like there's a criticism that people make of the fitness industry, and particularly in the age of Instagram, that's probably at least partly true. Yeah. So we talk about we talk about like self love and self esteem and all of that, mm. but then like accompanying those messages are images that are sexualized or images of like really elite physiques that for a lot of people are going to be unattainable. Mm. Um, what impact do you think that had, or what do you think it had on you? Mm. And what do you think those images have, um, have meant to your clientele? Uh, so, uh, sexualized images on Instagram or just like, yeah, well, so the, for instance, those fitness models that you don't, that you don't hold in the highest regard, like a lot of them are posting images of them looking back over their shoulder, you know, in a G banger saying like, love yourself. Yeah. Um, I don't know. My opinions on this change a lot as I, um, I don't know, widen my learnings or my, my life or something like that. Um, because I feel like we pick and choose like when women are allowed to be showing their bodies and when they're not. And it's like, I don't know, it's, it's every woman's choice. I also like the way I think about it these days is that Instagram, whether we like it or not, is almost like a modern newspaper mm-hmm. and that might sound dumbed down, but it really is. Like, oh, it is. Yeah. People spend more time on social media than they do with any uh, traditional media outlets and the beauty of it is that you can actually choose what you want to look at. 
so like I mean I, I studied media for many years and I, I always think that when people say oh it's like why is the Daily Telegraph so stupid well it's because you're stupid like the Daily Telegraph is giving you what you want and Shout if out you Daily want, Telegraph by the well, way. yeah like you know like people that that criticize media outlets or say that Fox News uh, just perpetuate bullshit it's true but it's because people like that um, and until like the collective consciousness changes then they'll continue to do that and I feel that it's the same on Instagram you know like you can you can criticize a girl for showing her bum looking over her shoulder and putting some semi-inspirational quote beside it but the reason that she continues to do it is because people like it mm. and just because there's an outspoken few that might think that that's crap that's fine they should probably unfollow or not look at it anymore and then if enough people did that she'd probably stop doing it too because she's just trying to please her following especially well at least a bigger instagram profile so do i think it's bad it could be if it's influencing you negatively my suggestion would be to not look at it anymore because it's your choice percy do you more or less agree um yes i do i think that people who fall into the trap of thinking that um, their choices are influenced by what they see on social media don't have a strong enough moral conscience themselves. <laughs> which sounds really bad. But if you... Everyone's just turned off the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Came out really if you don't go for these, you're a fucking... Shout out to all those people. You look true. at something and you're like, this is making me feel bad about myself. Then that's because you feel bad about yourself. Mm. It's not, not because, because of, of this person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah well, you know, like, I think yeah. people need to really look at themselves... And look at what's going on in their lives and mm. then look to, as to whether this person is to blame for their what if it's poor mental health or if, if they their poor body image or whatever it is and think is it really this person or social media in general or is it me and what's happening in my life yeah. and can i steer away from looking at this to help myself mm. and am i strong enough mentally to do that mm. Because some people don't. They they self-sabotage. They do it to themselves. And if you want to circle around like that, that's fine. But at the same time, I would never want to be someone who, you know, doesn't have respect for themselves and put stuff up on Instagram that I don't think is going to help people. Yeah. I would still like to be a good role model and Mm -hmm. a good influencer for people who follow me, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I actually, I feel liberated by what you've said because I've resisted posting as much of my elite physique as I, as I perhaps could have on Instagram just because I didn't want... people feeling bad. Yeah, I'm already told I'm intimidatingly handsome and all I've been doing is posting just selfies in my face so I feel like if I were to get the kid off, I'd be... You have a huge nose here right now. <laughs> I thought you were going to yeah. say nose, because yeah, his, nose, not, his no, nose is a fucking big dick. No. Yeah. I'm not Instagram ready <laughs> right now. You have a, you have a nose hair, yeah. though. No, I set my alarm five minutes early every morning, so that I can just sort there's out the nose hairs before there's, there's a reason this is an audio podcast. Quickly, <laughs> 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 wait, zero views. <laughs> um, next question, Alex, while I sort out his nose hair. <laughs> so we've spoken about how f- focusing only on your physique and your aesthetics can be somewhat unhealthy yeah do you think that because powerlifting is focused on performance and what the body can do itself versus how it looks 
Do you think that's inherently more more healthy? Uh, I think it is to an extent. I think I don't think people should completely turn off caring about their health in general, like general health, as yeah. in like eating vegetables and stuff like that. Don't stop doing that. No. Don't eat Guilty. too many donuts. Don't eat too many donuts. Yes. Yeah, like. You can, <laughs> You can still have a healthy balance and, you know, yeah, eat well and and help your lifting in that regard. Mm. I don't think you need to switch off general health markers. I'm I'm talking more like mental health stuff with regards to that. I missed the question because Will was playing with his nose. nose. So we spoke about... I feel like I could string my guitar with it if I had to. That long. Like, <laughs> just to give you some insight, Will's just gone to the bathroom and just sort that out after yeah. trying to do it at the table. Chrissy was for like, like more tweezers I was using. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I had to sort out this monobrow as well while I was in there. Yeah, it's looking better. Yeah, I know. It was kind of thinning out, but the good thing is, like, it's like when you're getting old and you're losing your hair, is you give yourself a little trim. And it actually looks thicker. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. yeah, you trim the bush to make yeah. the tree look longer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're talking about dicks. <laughs> yeah. No. Sorry. Yeah. Tell the question again. Anyway. Um. <laughs> Will you just roll the podcast? Normally it's only Alex roasting me, but now we got three people. <laughs> <in there. laughs> Thanks, having us. Um, so, okay, we spoke about how emphasizing the only the aesthetics could yep. be potentially detrimental to health, yep. like, particularly mental health. Yep. Do you think powerlifting, because it is focused on performance and what the body can do versus what the body looks like, yep. is inherently uh, healthier on the mental state? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I think that's a loaded question. Depends. Depends how you do it. It's not a loaded question. We're not going to be like, I gotcha. No, no, no but say. like, you know, it's like, I couldn't talk, I couldn't speak for the masses. I think if sure. it led to people putting so much pressure on themselves to be as good as others, it would not be any better. Yeah, yeah. we see that happen. Yeah, I like, think time. Because sure. the community is so supportive, and if you have a good coach and you know other people in the community, I think that is something that would help a lot with making you feel better about where you're at with your progress and not comparing yourself to other people. Yeah, yeah. yeah I guess. So in that regard, yes. In some ways, no. Yeah. I think, like, there's good and bad people in every community, though. And, like, although I think if I was to generalise, I would say the powerlifting community, especially within Powerlifting Australia, is extremely supportive. And a majority of the humans that I've met I really like and I wish them all the success and that's a good feeling but there's also like a lot of people who aren't like that too and that's not necessarily good for your mental health like yeah. I mean every other week we see some kind of like drama on social media mm-hmm. and I don't think that those involved in that kind of stuff are particularly like healthy mentally I don't think that passive aggressiveness on Instagram like it's a reflection of a really healthy, sound mental state. Yeah. Um, and is that any better than being obsessed with abs? I don't know. Probably not. That's a good point. Yeah, I think... I like, think those are the kind of people who would be disruptive in any community yes. that they're in. It's not just the powerful community. Yeah, that's Just true. the people that they are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's more of, of a reflection on themselves versus on the community. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Sorry, I interrupted you, Will, before. No, it's okay. No, that's okay. I inter- interrupt Will. 
Yeah. No, Alex, was, Alex was throwing. Huh? You know what? Don't worry about it. Stop Let's, it. Yeah. Thank you, Beck. <laughs> can you? He interrupted me earlier, picking his fucking nose hair. <laughs> I wasn't picking my nose. Yeah. I was trimming my nose hair. <laughs> my nose hair. Alright, let's have a break. We'll come back. Weekly Waits. Okay, welcome back to Weekly Waits. I'm Will. With me is Alex. With us is Beck. With Alex and Beck and I is Chrissy. It's <laughs> the most convoluted intro. This is also the biggest jobs for the boys episode of all time, by the way. Just the biggest what? Like jobs for the all jobs for the boys, jobs. Yeah, jobs for the girls episode. <laughs> you know when you give work to your mates? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's it's one hundred percent. Um. Anyway, let's move on. So plenty of people are hesitant to compete in powerlifting because they're concerned they aren't strong enough. And when we were talking to you about doing this episode, you said that was a really common obstacle that mm. you had with your female clients um yeah what do you reckon the problem is here and how do you discuss it i i kind of had that when i started yeah you, I, def- you definitely had I, okay all right well our first the oh, first yeah, time was, we actually met you said i'm not strong enough to compete yeah. and i was like that's bullshit like you know, literally the minimum that you need to do is the bar and collars. That's what, I always, that's what I always say to people. Like, can you do the bar and collars? Okay, cool. You can compete. Yeah, but you also didn't want to compete. Until I know. Exactly right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so I did, like, I had that. And then when I did my first comp, I, I did pretty well. And now... <laughs> Sorry, full eight. disclosure, Beck is eating donuts. Like, <laughs> like, like going out of fashion. <laughs> yeah. It's like the last donut on earth. All right, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I had that, and then I've been like been competing for eighteen months now, mm. and every time I've competed, I've put either two and a half or five on my total, which is like very small amounts. And I think that if I had started earlier, my progress would have been bigger to start with, and mm. I probably would have been even more potentially inclined to keep going. Because when you see really good results, you want to keep going. Like, it shouldn't be what it's all about, but it is the way that it is. And so, I guess that's something that I say to my clients is, it doesn't matter where you're starting or what your first total is or what your first squat bench does, whatever it is, you will get better and you will see improvements, Mm. whether that's technically or with the weight that you lift each time and that's very satisfying yeah very satisfying so yeah. i guess i use myself as an example when i tell my clients i'm like, i didn't start until like i should have started way before i wish i did yeah yeah it's about what you can do not what everyone around you can do mm, and if yeah. what you, if what you can do is great then cool but if what you can do is you know average then that's also cool yeah were you the same back uh yeah oh yeah definitely i like as i said i didn't think that i would compete ever because I thought that I'd just never be good enough but I suppose like like social media probably has some part to play but that's only because like the people that you follow on Instagram tend to be the strongest yeah. like, <laughs> and the, the girls I was fo- were following was certainly the strongest girls that there were and now when my clients tell me like generally the reason they don't want to compete straight away is because they've compared themselves to like you know, the lizards of the world, um, rather than looking at another beginner who's done one meet and seeing what, what he or she did. Uh, and I just say to them now, like, if you were going to start training for athletics, would you not run a race because you're not Usain Bolt? Like, 
Shout out Usain. <laughs> yeah. That's all the listeners. Yeah, yeah. Shout yes. out to Usain. Well done in soccer. Um, <laughs> but, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you wouldn't. That's, that's a good point. It's yeah. also stupid to do that. Like, mm. oh, I can never run a race because I can't run as fast as Usain. Okay, well, good, good luck. luck. <laughs> Yeah, I can't. Um, I can't compete in a novice powerlifting comp because Larry Wheel squats four hundred kilos. Like yeah. it's completely irrelevant to yeah. you. Yeah, and I guess I, I think that anyone who believes that there is any pressure from anyone within powerlifting to be good enough to be there is probably sense. being misled. Yeah. Yes. I don't think anyone cares. You know, like the most inspirational lifter I can think of is Ravi. Ravi King. Yes. King. Shout out Ravi. Shout out Ravi. Ravi Sood. Like, he's just absolutely amazing. And you know, there's plenty of lifters that get bigger totals than him, but I'm more inspired by him because he's a bloody champ. Like. <laughs> One of the things that I say to my lifters when they say that they're not good enough or not strong enough yet is, have you ever been to a competition? Yeah. And, you know, generally the answer is no. So you say, okay, well, there's a comp in two weeks. Go check it out. And yeah. I guarantee you'll change your mind. Yeah, I agree. Because there's always three, five, ten lifters there doing their first comp. Yeah. Making mistakes or not lifting that heavy or whatever. Yeah. And Missing it really, the rat call. Yeah. Coach dies. It really just <laughs> like it really just shows that like it is it is for yeah. everyone. Yeah. And there's no like the barrier and entry is so low, there's no true. need to restrict yourself. Yeah, true, true. I've never had somebody say to me, I competed too soon. But no, I've had no, no, no. countless people say, Man, I wish I'd done a comp yeah, six months earlier. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I remember when I did my first comp I finished competing and I was like what was I worried about? Yeah. That's literally the first thing I thought. Well, why was I, why did I delay mm. this so long? I yeah. had the best time ever. Yeah. yeah I didn't the best it. time ever. So I probably yeah. enjoyed my first one the most. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, now I'm scared. <laughs> you still cried before deadlift. I, I cry at every comp, so. <laughs> Except my last one. No oh. cry PB. I haven't cried at every comp. Yeah. Oh. Well, aren't you just... <laughs> Three out of four. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I say the crying for after comp. <laughs> when I'm reflecting. Um, to what... Look, I don't know how to ask this. To what extent do you think that lack of confidence is... Like, do you think there's any sort of uniquely um, female aspect to it? Because I know Alex didn't want to compete. But do you think a lot of girls think of themselves as being like, I'm just a girl in the gym and I'm not like an athlete like those people and they're different to me? I think sometimes. Yeah? Yeah. Mm. Sometimes. Not all the time. I but I must too. say, I know for a fact that females are more concerned about, well, the ones that I know, are more concerned about getting in that suit. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's big a time. big factor. Oh. I have to wear that suit. Do I have to wear that suit? That's a big thing. And I'm like, and then what I say to them is, well, I've worn it six times now at least. Mm. I say every time I get in it, I feel better in it. It's ugly. Everyone has to wear it. It's not the most flattering thing, but every time you wear it, it feels better. Mm. And everyone's wearing it, so it doesn't matter. But yeah. I think that's, I don't yeah. know about the strength thing or I'm a girl who just goes to the gym or whatever, but definitely the suit. Well, I've had girls say to me that I've encouraged to compete. I've had them say to me, I'm not like those girls, you know, like mm. I just like I just like going to the gym. And on paper, they're perfectly strong, like more than strong enough to go do a first powerlifting comp and equip themselves really well, mm-hmm. you know, and, they'll, and there's something in their self-concept that says, I go to the gym, I'm not an athlete, and yeah. I'm not sure how to bridge that gap. I think probably just getting them to do a comp, but how you go about that, I don't know. Yeah. But I think that any of maybe Beck and my clients would say, maybe even yours and Alex's female clients would say, I didn't think that I would do that. 
and now that I have done it, I feel really good about it, and I'm going to do it again. We're making like, powerlifting sound like bungee jumping, teams, <laughs> aren't we? <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Yeah, Sorry, I on. think that most people who are competing at the moment, most females who are competing at the moment, probably didn't think that they ever would. Yeah, agreed. How do you bridge the gap of getting them into the club? <laughs> Surprise them. Yeah, Say, hey, wear, up, yeah. hey, wear this, wear this suit, and come to the gym at nine thirty on Sunday. Bring all your lifting gear. I don't know what we'll train. <laughs> One of the things that I've found has helped a lot of my girls who've been nervous about doing their first comp is just talking to the other girls that I coach or mm. like having a community around them of mm. people who've already competed. Yeah, that's true. And assure them, you know, it's okay. Like, yeah. It's fine. That's true. Everyone's nervous before their first one, but you know, you're strong enough to be here. You deserve to be here. And I guess that kind of comes through. Mm. And having yeah. those people come to the comp and support yeah, them. Yeah, absolutely. That's definitely a big part of it. Yeah. Yeah. What do you reckon you guys learned when you were like back in the day pre powerlifting? Yeah. When you were focused on physique, what lessons do you reckon you learned then that would have helped you in your transition to powerlifting? That mm. it only counts once it starts to hurt. Um, <laughs> that's probably one. I ha- that, don't laugh at that because there's a lot mm-hmm. of people that you will work with who yeah. haven't like laid a foundation and they are afraid of pain. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. as soon as the going gets tough, they're like, it's heavy, it's slow, it can't do it. And you're like, fucking, how do you not... Like, yeah, this some is people truly, they truly don't know what hard work yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's hard to teach. Mm. Like yeah. that, if you've done something beforehand, I think, I don't think that you need a background in sport, but what I've noticed is that the people I work with who have dedicated themselves to something physical prior to powerlifting generally do better straight away i'm not mm. saying that they end up being the best but i just think that they're more ready like sport yeah. That, yeah anything anything physical it doesn't even need to be like a team sport or anything i just think anyone who's been able to dedicate themselves to something for longer than a year in a physical sense i, th- I think that they start out better yeah i i've noticed that a lot with people who come to powerlifting as like that's their chosen sport yeah are often like really really soft yeah and they don't, like they don't know they don't really literally don't know what it is like to for, do to do a hard set yeah like I'd agree with that. you might give them a set of five and you think they can do like you visually look at it and you're like hey you probably could have done eight yeah and they're like oh man that was so hard yeah you're like bro you literally have never done anything hard in your life yeah. like, you need to just like learn how to train hard yeah yeah i agree yeah so like a lot of people who come from a lot of people who come from like sporting backgrounds or like in Chrissy's instance gymnastics like they have that sort of background of hard work and they can come into powerlifting and powerlifting training is really easy mm. that's another thing we've spoken about it's, it's like easier than gymnastics literally just, I can like, assure you all literally just yeah. turn up and train four times a week for a long time and you'll be really good Yeah. but you just have to like just do it all the time over and over yeah Yeah, Chrissy the question was what lessons did you learn in your more physique oriented days that have mm. helped you as a powerlifter Ooh, pretty much what Alex just said that it's like it's a time game mm. and a patience game and if you expect things to happen like that they won't and mm. you will you will not do well because it's like yeah with bodybuilding you have to you have to do the same thing over and over again and wait and wait and wait and do it over again and wait yeah and balancing's the same you do it again and you wait yeah you're married to three lives for the rest of your life yeah so definitely be patient, I would say. All right. Um, and what about the reverse? What things 
What things have you learned since you started powerlifting training that you wish you'd known when you were more focused on your physique? Ooh, I don't know if I have an answer for this one. Do you know that? Mm. <laughs> I wish I'd known this. <laughs> Some people might think this is so basic. I wish I'd known that you're actually meant to brace, not just like push your tummy into the belt. <laughs> but I feel like most people like don't actually understand what a brace actually is and that if they just learn how to brace properly from day one that they would find everything so much easier even lots mm. of really good lifters don't brace properly yeah they just like go and they're just pushing their tummy out like that's not bracing like if you really understand like even the technical aspects of the brace why you brace like what happens like anatomically when you brace i think that that would really help a lot of people and i wish i'd known that earlier yeah i'm actually often surprised how sloppy the execution of lifting is by a lot of people who are physique focused yeah. because just because you're not trying to compete in a sport like powerlifting where efficiency needs to be optimized doesn't mean that like having replicable form that's safe and that allows you to actually train hard for a long time without getting hurt isn't important like mm. it's, it's obviously important and the yeah. people who can execute lifts like consistently and well actually target the muscles they're trying to train mm. you know they don't get the needles and actually train harder and get better mm. and yet so often you see people <coughs> Who go like, oh, you know, I can I can afford to be sloppy because I'm not a powerlifter who mm. just bench like shit and mm. you know like everything they do just looks crap. Yeah. And then the reverse can sometimes be true as well. Lots of powerlifters treat their accessories like crap because they're not the competition lifts. They don't focus on their execution mm. of them, mm. and then they don't get the same benefits back that they should. Yeah. Or they or they don't put the effort into them. Like yeah. They don't take the sets hard enough. Yeah. But it's like that ability to actually self appraise how you're performing an exercise, what it's meant to be like and what you're meant to be doing and actually do it exactly like that is really important. Mm, yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, I yeah. wish I knew more about, and this is coming from me being both a coach and a lifter, mm. I wish I knew more about body mechanics because until I started powerlifting, I didn't know my body that well. I thought I did, but I didn't. And I didn't have a good understanding of why so many people moved so differently yeah. and why why some people tip forward so much in the squat and why people, why people were so upright and what was good and what was bad and whether it was bad all of that stuff mm. and like as a lifter yes but more so for my clients because that stuff is gold yeah and understanding that not every like every person's squat or bench or whatever it is is going to look the same yeah is like a really important factor because it just never will. So you need to understand how each individual moves, I guess. Yeah. I didn't know I had short arms until Alex pointed it out. Like straight away. It's like, fuck your arms are short. <laughs> and I was like, oh. that's when Chrissy was trying to just reach onto something on like the third from top shelf. No, no, <laughs> it's like, really like teaching her how to deadlift. I'm like, all right, like try and lengthen your arms. And then she like bent her knees and hips like so far to get to the bar. I was like, oh dear. <laughs> yeah. All right, so. People kind of stereotype powerlifters sort of from a general sense in that they're not very physically fit mm. and they've got bad body composition. Mm. Um, do you think this makes the sport unappealing to some people? Mm. And do you think there's a way we can change that? Um, yeah, I think that part of that um, idea or stereotype comes from looking at like super heavyweight yeah. lifters in non-drug tested federations yeah, definitely 
Um, and like the thing with HGH is that it gives you a belly. <laughs> so like if you're looking at a big dude who's lifting like, you know, 300 plus and he's in a non-drug tested federation, then chances are he's probably like drinking oil for starters. Like, and I'm not making that up because I've watched many documentaries on powerlifters who drink crude who, oil. Who was that Burke who put olive oil on his pizza? Who was Dan that? Tate. Yes, yeah. the best. There's an article where he's talking about how this was when he was trying to get to like something stupid, like 350 pounds of body weight or something and he was battling to put weight on and I think it was meant to be Vinny DeCenzo or something gave him the bulking tip might be something else mm. but he would buy one of those really shitty frozen pizzas like the ones with the super heinous oh, McCain yeah. style thing yeah. big family size one mm. and he would he would heat it up and then he would literally pour Ooh, like I a bowl of olive oil on it yeah, yeah and um, and the way he writes this article is so funny. He's talking about how, like, how he had to like stare down this pizza because it was literally just his enemy every night. But that's what he was doing to try and gain weight. It was just yeah. pounded, oh. and he was like, "Yeah, I'd be, I'd have the sweats like a third of the way through." And it was just a contest between me and that pizza. <laughs> I think it's the same thing about what Alex said before about have like, have you ever come to a powerlifting comp? Yeah, if you go. There will be every type of body under the sun yeah, yeah. on true. that platform. Yeah. yeah. So I think it is good to go and get an idea of, like, everyone's so different. Yeah. And there's no right type no, of body. No. There is definitely one that's going to work better no. for the sport. Yeah, absolutely. But there's no yeah, prerequisite. People, like, people's achievements. I mean, in as far as your body lifts the weight, so your achievement is tied to your body. Yeah. But, like, somebody is not a better lifted purely by virtue of having yeah, a better no, 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 exactly. no, 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 yeah. no, yeah. well, no, it's more a representation of that the sport is for everyone, yes. not that everyone can't be for the sport type of thing, yeah, yeah. Mm. I don't think I've ever watched anyone on the platform and thought to myself before they lift, oh, they're in good shape, like it never comes to mind, no, I might I'm like, oh, here's around. another guy, let's go, he's <laughs> doing his third squad. I'm not like, oh, he's got big quads, oh, he looks dice. I only thought that with, with Nick, Nick Cushing when he came out. For, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. When he came out for his opening squad and I was huge standing squad, behind him and I was like, oh, my quads. God, this guy's mm. ass is yeah. fucking massive. Oh, his quads. Oh, he had and the... And his He was fucking... Sumo. He's, he's fucking jacked. It's like a bodybuilder on stage when he does his sumo because there's like that display where he throws one leg out and you're like, holy shit, that thing's like enormous. And he throws the other leg out and you're like, this guy's like a brontosaurus, you know? And, he gets, <laughs> and it's like, you just have a moment to marvel in all of it because it's so dramatic. He needs to do that like little quad shake before he puts his foot down. He needs to like request special music and like do a full sort of dance routine in his setup like he's Kai Green or something. I would love to have a special song that only comes on when you come out. They're doing that that at Cairns for the deadlift only. Oh, cool. Okay, what's yours going to be? I'm not doing the deadlift only. Oh, what happened? I'm not going. Oh, okay. Uh, I would have You Sexy Thing by Hot Chocolate. Nice. Mine would be Sandstorm by Dorit. Yeah, that's better. Mine probably be. <laughs> no, I like yours. Mine probably be DMX or. Oh no, Buster Rhymes or something. I think those songs have been retired. Yeah, we're never playing yeah. those ever again. Any of those. For anyone who doesn't know, there are three songs that play at Paragon only. <laughs> three, only three. three. Yes. What do you mean? Yeah. Simon says. Yeah. Party up. Party up. And any Eminem song. <laughs> Shout yeah, out, Eminem. shout out, Matt Bartholomew. Because, Bartholomew. because they're all the same. Yeah. Yeah. Every Eminem song starts they the same. The I'm same. like, which one is this? Oh, I don't know. It could be any. Oh, Classic. <laughs> all right. Last, last big talking point mm-hmm. is that probably in the past like 
probably a decade, there's been the massive, massive increase in um, in women participating in the iron sports. Yeah. And like at, at local comps, was it last top lifter, Alex, or the one before there were more girls than guys? There was more... At both? There was more... The one on the weekend, there was more in September and there was more in July. Mm. Yeah, and like when I did my first powerlifting comp five years ago, mm. there were still women participating, but there'd be five or ten women and 30 men. Yeah. And that even that is changing really rapidly. So I want to know what you think has driven driven those changes. I think female coaches. Definitely. Like, I guess not... I guess not us, but someone to use it as an example, either Beth or I being a coach and then starting powerlifting and then our clients seeing us doing that. Mm. And then lots of that, lots of coaches doing that and their clients seeing them do it. Or even just people you follow on social media, Mm. them starting, them just branching out and starting to compete and seeing them do it and being like, maybe I could try that. Yeah. Do you think some females would be intimidated to sort of enter a sport with mostly males and mostly male coaches? Yes. Some. I think that's some the women. inverse of Chrissy's answer. Whereas ever since there's been women and women coaches, women have been more inclined to join the sport. Well, that, that they're seeing the women compete, not that there aren't any women competing in the first I place. I didn't really look into it. I just started training for it and I did it and I didn't look into it at all. But I know that it would be a concern for some people. Big yeah. time. I mean, and like... You coach exclusively women. Yes. And Beck, do you coach almost exclusively women or exclusively women? Uh, yeah, it's probably like three like, or four guys now. I have like five male clients out of like thirty. Yeah, so right. the ratios aren't that good. Because yeah, I think there are. <laughs> yeah, the boys. Or they're really good. Yeah, I was gonna like, say. Yeah, look at it. It's a target. Are you taking it wrong? Because. <laughs> Berkman wants to join um, yeah, Team Beck now. I'm on Team Beck as of tomorrow. <laughs> but yeah, no, I definitely think there's there are like there's women in fitness making messages to women about fitness in fitness. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. That there that's, is. That's very important. And I also think this is something we said when we had Liz on Alex is that because powerlifting is one of those sports where one of those sports. There's something about it where, like, the best powerlifter in Australia is a woman, mm. and her achievements are. Has she still got the not best anymore. Balance? Actually, Tyrone. Oh really? Yeah, Tyrone's oh, got the best balance. Four fifteen, I think. Oh, Five fifteen. Oh, RIP Liz's <laughs> dominance. But like, she's still. She'll be back. Yeah, I reckon she'll be back. Hundred <laughs> percent. But you know, to her, she's unbelievably admirable as an athlete to yeah. all men, and I think Absolutely. there's like in a lot of other sports, you don't have that same thing of men having you know female athletic role models. Mm. I think that's something really cool about this sport. I agree. But more broadly, what do you think? You know, there's more women participating in like different bodybuilding divisions. Women are in CrossFit and weightlifting and stuff. There just seems to be a big cultural drive towards like, you know, women in the gym and women in iron sports. Probably just because more women want equality and they're willing to put themselves out there to be a person to try and change that. Yeah. I think women's participation in sports is up across the board. I'm yeah. not going to quote any kind of percentage, yeah. but I, I read an article about it probably like a year and a half ago. Make a percentage up. 71.5%. That's a lot. Um, That's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> we're putting that in the... When we write the that might be the episode, Beck explains why female participation is up. 71.5%. Yeah, but they were focusing on um, women's participation in AFL and how yeah. uh, like women's AFL is getting great crowd support as well and that's unfortunately something that women's sport hasn't uh, mm. experienced in the past it's almost like they you know like even rugby league like yeah, they rugby put league on women's f- growing heaps yeah it is but like 
in the past, the female rugby league has been like, you know, the intro show to the males. And that's mm. kind of like, well, a bit, was... ugh, I don't know how to take that. Um, rather than its own standalone event, whereas female AFL is, you know, it's actually on the same pedestal. I don't know about funding, but it's the same as, as any old men's game. Um, well, like women's sevens is now, like rugby sevens is now professional. Yeah, and, and I that's think... sick. I think women's state of origin is like the players are getting some type of pay for it. It's not it's not fully professional, but I remember even as recently as this year, it was like one of the women couldn't get time off work to train for state of origin. Mm. Like her boss wouldn't yeah wouldn't let her walk out of her shift three hours early or something. So I think she quit her job. Wow. I heard about it in the paper, which yeah. I think is unbelievable when you have like the biggest interstate competition. Yeah, yeah. Pledge. yeah, I know. Respect to her. <laughs> yeah, I hope she won. Pledge. I actually can't remember this team. She was like, yeah, I as think if she lost and she didn't have a job. As God, cliche as it is. <laughs> The quote, be the change you want to see, yeah. is really important because if no one does it, then no one does it. Dare you to put up an Instagram post of you looking over your shoulder <laughs> with, your, <laughs> with, your <laughs> with just be the change you want to see. And hashtag, then, I actually and tag, really like hashtag, that quote. Hashtag words. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get my bum out in the photo with you. You weren't invited to do yeah, we, didn't, we didn't ask for that. Yeah, no one wants to see that one. <laughs> yeah. Hey, if people responded to it and liked it on Instagram, I'd do it more. Okay. <laughs> well done, savage. <laughs> but but they wouldn't like it or respond to it. Thank you, Alex. Oh, for tying that together for the slow listeners who <laughs> didn't get the joke the first time. Oh, <laughs> oh it's okay, Alex. I'm sorry for him. I did. I did. He's a nice man. All right. Just a nice man. man. Okay, Alex, any final questions? Ask a weird one. We're going oh, to do the four questions. Yeah, we're going to yes. break. I want to have more music. Okay, I have one question for both of you before... Um, okay, back. Okay. Should Shag marry the three lifts? Oh, no. Oh, the oh. three lifts? It's going to be so bad. That, that <laughs> laugh... That laugh has blown up the <laughs> sound. Yeah, actually, Alex's uh, computer is smoking. I might, I might have to... Uh, <laughs> okay, so... Yeah, so back. Shoot, Shag, marry, squat, bench, deadlift. Shoot, bench. Fuck right off. Uh, actually, no, shoot squats. My bench has been really good. Squats can fuck off. Um, shag bench and marry deads. Chrissy? I would also shoot squats. Yeah. <laughs> Not my friend right no. now. Marry bench, fuck deadlift. Wow, we didn't say fuck, but well done. Oh. Yeah, it's a shag. No oh, swearing. Shag. No, no swearing on the podcast. No swearing on the podcast. Shag yeah. deadlifts. <laughs> yeah. Cool, we'll take a break. Alright, we're back on Weekly Weights. We're here with Chrissy and Beck, and we're going to ask them the four questions that tell us everything you need to know about a person. Mm -hmm. So the first question is, if you could take anyone out to dinner, dead or alive, who would it be? Chrissy, go. Childish Gambino, aka Donald Glover, because I think he's the coolest person in the world. So is it true? Was it you who was telling me this, that he like recorded his first song or whatever in his basement or something, left it up, and it just went like full volume? No, no, that was, that was Post Malone. That's no, Childish Gambino post Childish Gambino Very, guy. very, very different okay, people. Donald he's saying Redbone. That's him. Yeah, so he's in community. Really thought it wasn't him singing. But, but it was him singing and then he performed so it he on sings, a TV show. He sings and raps he sings. and he acts and he does stand up. Okay. Is, he on, is he on community? He's on community, yeah. yeah. Everybody is the same in my head. I don't know who any of these people are. That's how little pop culture I absorb. All I right. thought, That's I enough from you, Will. Beck? Okay. Beck, what's your answer? <laughs> no, I hate that. 
it's cliche, but probably Martin Luther King. Oh, that's a good one. We haven't had that yet. Yeah. yeah, I think that would be excellent. And I wrote some stuff about him when I was doing uni. Cool. Yeah. So, who's your favourite athlete of all time, Chrissy? I didn't know what to put for this one because I... I like sport, but I don't watch a whole lot of them. I like sports. I like sports. <laughs> I like sports. Um, but I don't follow a whole heap of them in depth. But So, James Harden. No. Oh, damn it. So, when I was a gymnast, um, I used to do this vault called Asukahara, right? That was the name of the vault move that I did. Also a desert in Africa. Good to know. Thank you, Will, for that. It's, 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 the, it's the Sahara. It's the Sahara. <laughs> I know he's kidding. It's a classic um, Will joke. And so, basically, if you invent a move in gymnastics, they'll name it after you. Wow. So, the Sukahara was named after this guy called Mitsu Sukahara, who's Japanese. He won five times in the Olympics, as far as I'm aware. Wow. And I'll have to show you guys what the vault movie is, but it's pretty cool. And it was really cool that I could do it. <laughs> I would die doing it now. But it's like the Fosby Fosby. I would say someone gymnastics. like that, like someone who invented something. Mm. Like you pioneered something in a sport. That's pretty fucking That's cool. That's very cool. Mm-hmm. Also, he has a really cool name. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Uh, my favorite is probably, probably George Smith because he's he... got the same birthday as me. I love George. Yeah, and that's why he's my favorite. That's why I said I know, that. I know. Yeah. Um, no, nah, he just like had the like... the only famous person with the same birthday as me. He had like no regard for his like physical well-being when he played for the Wallabies. I liked it. And... But it would be a tie between him and Black Caviar. <laughs> 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 yeah, I love Black Caviar. I went to like three of the so, races and I thought she was the best race horse ever. So there was a family that... Um, I actually know the family who are part owners of Black Caviar. Wow. And it was a, it apparently it was quite an impulse purchase. Um, somebody can fact check this and complain to willwillwerkham.com if I'm wrong. <laughs> but they, um, no, they made a really impulse purchase. They didn't think that it was going to be a, um, she was going to be a particularly good racehorse. Yeah. And so they got her quite cheap. Yeah. And then this family ended up being like, what the hell? Black Caviar is winning literally everything ever. And was going to all these races and making all this money off the back of it. And it was totally, like, totally impulsive, bargain buy. Wow. And, yeah, one of the greatest race horses of all time. Yeah. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, love her. Um, yeah, I'd love to hear her story firsthand as well. Mm. <laughs> um, okay, question number three. Chrissy, which movie or television character are you most like? Bart Simpson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Beck always says I'm like Bart. There's this meme of Bart and it's like... I only have two moods, and one of them is him banging a saucepan, being like, I am so great. I, I am <laughs> so, so great. great. And then it's just him curled up on the bed, being sad. Yeah. Isn't that when he's scared of the clowns? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm also scared of clowns. But I think. Bring in the clowns. <laughs> <laughs> he's got the I clown think... bed, and he's yeah. terrified of it, the home built one. I think my, I go from being happy to sad. Very easily, and that's probably why. Honestly, not so much anymore. I have I've observed toned down many years. my emotional yeah. range a lot. I haven't noticed. Oh, I that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, prepare to die later. Well done. <laughs> yeah. RFA Alex. All for, com- all for comedy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't expect Alex on weekly wages. All right, and Beck, what about you? Which movie or TV character? Um. 
unfortunately, if I'm to be completely honest, I think that I'm like the girl chipmunk from Alvin and the Chipmunks. <laughs> <laughs> like physically? She's cute! Yeah, she's like physically or like? Physically, yeah. I don't know. I don't really resonate with anyone else. Like I like people, but they're not me. Nobody could be me. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you're like setting such a high bar for somebody to be like you, except for the Female sort of like yeah, not even the lead chipmunk, <laughs> just <laughs> just one off to the side. She has a few lines. Oh, okay, yeah. that's good. Yeah. Yeah. So she's got a talking part. Yeah. We don't know her name. <laughs> chipmunk <No>. number two, <laughs> F, <laughs> is Beck. All right. Okay, Chrissy Dask. Your life's being made into a movie. What? Oh, I'm sorry, being made into a montage. What's the music? Levels by Avicii. Oh, oh, really? <laughs> yes, it's the best song ever. Oh, R.I.P. R.I.P. the great man. It you makes oh, everyone happy when they listen to it. It's a great song. No one hates it. Fucking banger. It is a banger. Yeah, Shout out right? JP's DJ who also loves <laughs> levels. <laughs> yeah, that's the way back. No? You were there, definitely. So at the, um, we've told this story on the podcast, but. At um the at banquet. the Strength Fortress Challenge banquet last year, mm. um, the, JP had gotten his mate to DJ when we were in that. You remember we were at that pub and yeah. the mate in the corner DJing. Oh yeah, yeah. And so after a few hours, when we were all like pretty pissed, um, I went and I asked him, "Can you play levels?" And the reason I did was because me and my mates used to go out and like you know how DJs used to play levels like so many times yeah, every night like we used to just go and jokingly ask can you play levels like two minutes after they'd last played it just to annoy them and so I went to this guy and I was like can you play levels and he was like yeah mate I'll play it soon and so then I went to Alex and said oh, yeah, Alex go ask the DJ to play levels and he goes and asked him and then I think it was Chrissy and then it was Brandon and I asked like six or eight people and after a while he started being like fuck off like I said <laughs> Billy Asprey and when she asked for levels he was like tell him if he asks if he gets one more person to ask me I'm gonna like I'm not going to play it ever. Yeah. And I was like, okay. So I sent 23 people <laughs> to ask this guy to play levels. And by the end, people were literally walking up to him and he was just going like, piss off <laughs> when he was going up. And then finally he dropped the levels, somebody that I used to know, remix. Yeah. And it went off. I don't think I've ever been so euphoric in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I was also very drunk at the time. It was the best thing ever. It was so good. Anyway. Uh, anyway, so that was, Chrissy was levels. Okay. Beck. Your life, the montage. What's the music? Um, ass with A to dollar signs by yeah. Big Sean featuring Nicki Minaj. I'm, I'm not it saying goes, this to troll. I don't know it. Can you please? I'll play it. I'll play it. I'll play it. Oh, Chrissy's going to give us the no, acapella. No, I'm going to sing version. it, but I don't have to. It's, it's not really a song that you can just sing. What's it about? Sing. Uh, you know what it's about. <laughs> Come on. A two Are you playing it or am I? Can't find it. Can you do it? Yeah. Hey, Sean. 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 <laughs> Imagine me as a baby. Imagine if this song is the reason Weekly Rates gets a copyright complaint. <laughs> Alright. Alright. Um, so, quickly, the two of you, where can people who want to hire you or talk to you find you um, on the internet? Um, I am at Chrissy Dask on Instagram um, and Chrissy at Chrissy Dask Fitness 
Facebook.com to email me. I am at Beth Chambers Fit on Instagram and my website is I like to lift things.com. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks very much. Alex, sign us out. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. <laughs> one, two, buckle your shoe. Weekly weights with the girls in charge. Eating donuts and living large. On the weekend we eat a sanger. Who remembers this a bitch?